Good morning, everybody. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Rusty, and thanks, Dale. The uh, so I just to open up. I mean, this today's message was crowdsourced to pretty much everybody in this room, whether this week or over the last few years. So, if you don't like today's message at the very end, just turn to the person next to you and say that was awful, and you'd probably be right. The uh, one thing Shannon did last week at the end is she used these album covers to encourage us, which I thought was interesting because you know when I look at these album covers, I really what comes to my mind is my testimony and my past. As some of you remember, here's the old Rolling Stones. I think that's off the Sticky Fingers album, and that reminds me of going to the Snake Pit when I was you know a troubled youth and the uh, Purple Rain. That was Prince's album. My first date was to go to that movie with Amy Harkness. I remember that. And the, uh, there was just a story there. And, and really, I don't focus on my testimony. It's not a good one. I'm not proud of it. Um, I think one of the, the funny things I remember about this, Kirst probably doesn't want to hear this. The, uh, but at my rehearsal dinner, Kirst, if you remember this. <laughs> Our rehearsal dinner. The, uh, my brother gets up. And says, all right, we're going to do Matt Tully trivia. And A, B, or C, the question is, how many times has Matt been to jail? A, none. B, once. C, twice. If you said C, you're right. I looked at that moment. I looked at my mother-in-law. She didn't know any of this about me. And you know that look a hen gets as it's laying an egg? You know, kind of that, like, that was the look on her face in that moment. I think she was actually laying an egg at that moment when that happened. The, uh, that was shocking to her. But I, again, it was, uh, that's who I was. I, I, I got, I, I did, it's, it's a fact. I, I got arrested a couple times. Once was fighting in the street, once was drinking in the street. And the, uh, not proud of that, it happened. And that's where I... Praise God, I, I was actually the social chairman of a hundred guy frat house in Bloomington, Indiana. Like I could feel the heat coming off of hell's door. Like I was there. I was right there. Of all things, I had two roommates. There were only there were three guys in the room. My two roommates were great Christian men. Of all places, a frat house. And my two roommates were Christian men. And they said, Matt, you know, you should maybe talk to the guy from Campus Crusade. And at this point, I'm at the low of lows. I'm like, there's got to be something else. Like, I've tried the world, right? I tried the snake pit. I tried, I, like, I've tried the debauchery. There's got to be something else. Because these two guys had something that I didn't, right? And we'd pray at night, and I thought this was kind of odd. But I knew that they had a joy that I didn't have. And I knew they didn't pay for it. And I wanted what they had. And then the guy from Crusade came by. He lays out the four spiritual laws. I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. I'd never heard that in my life. John 3.16, you know, I anchor verses to different people. Al Coslo is my John 3.16. It's a good verse to have anchored to you, Al. Al's my John 3.16 verse. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I'd never heard that before until that moment. So I know the moment in time I accepted this, I heard this. And praise God, I, I encourage everybody, if, if you've not put that stake in the ground, do that today. You can talk to Russ, you can do it at home, but put that stake in the ground that, you know, as, as Luke and Shannon have just set the table for the end of this chapter, right? And this is, the, this is why I told Russ, this is the easy part. Following those two is just a beautiful thing. 
you know, as they talk, you know, Luke talking about the tree of life, right? That Shannon talking about that, you know, you're loved. You are loved. God is love and he dwells within you. And this is where, again, it's great to know. I didn't know that when I first became a Christian. I didn't know that at all. And I would tell you that I continue to try to find these different counterfeits to the fruit of the Spirit in my life. And if you work through the fruit of the Spirit, there's counterfeits to all of them. So Campus Crusade guy comes by, I accept Christ, right? I got my ticket out of hell into heaven, I'm good. Okay, now I'm going to try to make this life as cush as possible. I'm going to try to do things that are going to try to, I think are going to fulfill me or make me complete. You know, I did things, some of you know, I did stand-up comedy in Boston because I thought, okay, maybe it's about happiness. Well, no, happiness fleets. Laughter dies down. Happy and joy are not the same. All right, I'm going to chase money. Okay, you get money, and it's like, okay, it's not this. Okay, it's religion. I get into a Bible study with the guys at Crusade, and we dig in. Seven years I'm in this thing. Seven years I'm deep studying the Word with these guys. I became a religious fool. Those were the seven worst years of my marriage. The seven worst years of my marriage was when I first got into the Word. I became so self-righteous and judgmental. And that judgment and that self-righteousness was directed right at my wife, Kirsten. And I was so full of myself. And I thought, this is where it's at. She's missing it. Well, that's not where it's at. It's not about the words themselves. It's about the word dwelling within you and letting that flow through you, right? And I didn't know that, right? And here's what took the brunt of all that. And it just, it's not, it's not a place to be. And that's where, again, they, they say you have the least patience for areas where you've struggled. If somebody is religious, I have no patience for them. I just don't. I just don't. I, because it's, there's got to be something more, right? Jesus said, I came that they'd have life and have it abundantly. Well, I want to surround myself with people that want to lead me into that abundant life. Because the world's very distracting. And what I've found, right? This is, I'll admit this to you. I'm, things like TikTok. I like TikTok. I know, you know, this is, don't judge me. I'm probably the oldest person on TikTok. But the, the TikTok algorithm has figured out that I like to hear atheists. I like to hear what atheists have to say about Christianity. And what I find, atheists so often, what they focus on is the physical. And unfortunately, what I see too is Christians too often focus on the physical. When really it's all about the spiritual. It's about the invisible. Right? I love when Russie says it's all about Jesus and people. Right? It's all about Jesus and people. That, what a great way to sum this thing up. It's not about you physically. It's about your souls that I enjoy. And I love standing up here and seeing the faces and all the different personalities. That's what it is. It's the souls of people, right? It's all about Jesus and people. So, you know, as we we look at these words, I'm starting in in Romans chapter 6, verses uh, uh, 12 and 13, the first couple to look at. And as I mentioned, the... uh, you know, as I crowdsource this, the Amy Nicholas brought this up, which I thought was a good point, is that, Matt, if you're going to start with therefore, therefore what? Like, nobody starts a sentence, therefore, what? Like, where are you coming from? Right, which is a great point, right? I mean, I appreciate you saying that. And that's where, again, I just have to call back to what's been built up to this point, is Paul's been making the case for who we are. You know, Luke said you were in Adam, and you're now in Christ. Remember the... I. 
I've held, his, held on to his slides from that day because I love the picture of who you were in Adam and making that transition to who we are now in Christ. Right? Tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you now are in the tree of life. And this is where, again, there is an abundant life to be had. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts. Verse 13 says, And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Right? Do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin. Because you can. Because you can. It's an option that you have. I called Shannon a couple days ago. Shannon, you used a word last week, volition. No, I didn't. I'm like, no, Shannon, you did. And Ron and Eli are like, yeah, Mom, you did. Right? You did use volition. You have a free will, right? You have this ability to choose. You do have that, right? And when I read this, you know, it says, don't go on presenting the members, because you can. And I, what comes to my mind when I read this verse is Charlie Ward. What does Charlie say to us all the time? How's that working out for you? How's that working out? Whatever you're banging your head against the wall, whatever is just your frustrating thing that you're just making yourself crazy with. Charlie's like, how's that working out for you? Are you done with that? Right? You're, we're free to be morons, right? We're free to be fools. We're free to choose from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You're free to. But there's no life there, right? But there is freedom, right? Don't miss really what that is. And I, I just want to add to that too. This has come up, I came up again this morning. I, I, I just, I want you to take away from, from this is be encouraged by who dwells within you. Please be encouraged by who dwells within you. Condemnation, I've seen in my life, I've seen condemnation do more destruction than alcohol and drugs. And believe me, alcohol, drugs has impacted my family, friends. I mean, it has been very, very, in my home. Condemnation has done more damage than drugs or alcohol that I've seen. I don't care what addiction someone might have, it's the coming back, right? You go all the way back to the garden. What do they do? They felt then they covered themselves up. This shame, right? This is where, again, we know Romans 8. One, there's no condemnation. Condemnation is keeping us running. We think we're going to somehow hide from it. We think that there's something better. We think, I'm going to clean myself up before I come to God. I've got to clean myself up and get right. If you're in Christ, you're in Christ. You're in Christ. Be careful of condemnation. Because these vignettes play out in all of our heads. You are not alone. I don't know what, what condemning thoughts that, that bang around in your head, right? I don't know what they are, but we all have them. Everybody in this room has them. But do not let that hinder you from, become, from coming boldly to the throne of, throne of grace at any time. At any time. There's freedom. There's freedom in Christ, but that freedom is great news because of what he did. The next verse, Romans 6, 14. I just want to, what, what, about this verse, some of you, um, for sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. The, a, a good friend of many of us here, Bob Warren, he paraphrased this years ago, and I hear it many times in banquet settings. Bob's paraphrase of this verse was, you don't have to, you get to, right? I love that paraphrase. Right? Because I'd have to say this. I never was actually under the Mosaic law. 
But now that I'm in Christ, right? Luke talked to us about this a couple weeks ago. Now that I'm in Christ, right? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus set me free from this old knucklehead life that I had. And I get to live, right? I get to live by the spirit of God. I get to live by the fullness of God, right? I don't have to, I get to. It's a privilege that we have. And going on from there, looking at the, the next two verses, Romans 15 and 16, 15 says, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? May it never be. Verse 16 then says, do you not know that when you were present, when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one who you, whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness, right? So we do have this freedom. We do have this freedom. And, and Jim, if you could put up that picture this is just, in my mind, again, simple mind, this is just something that, that a pic image that I have is that I feel like this life that we have, it's, it's like a horseshoe. It's those who dwell up here, they get to relish the fruit of the Spirit and live there, right? When you go all the way around the horseshoe to the other end, it's either those who are in Adam, those who couldn't spell Jesus if you spotted them three letters, to those... To those Christian folks who are stuck in just a frustrating sin that they can't get out of, I kid you not, I feel closer to those people than the religious people down here. We couldn't be farther apart in one sense, but in another sense, we couldn't be, couldn't be closer. I've got some lost friends I'm very close to. They're lost. They're totally lost, right? They are who they are, but they're real to who they are, right? The hypocrite is, Christians are not hypocrites, right? Because, oh, they act differently from what they do. No, you're a new creation. You get to live, right? And when, when lost folks do lost things, they're doing what they're doing. And if there's a Christian brother that is just stuck in a sin, I am happy to encourage them to come out of it. But at the same time, too, like Charlie says, how's that working out for you? Are you done with it? If you're not done with it, I'll just let you keep banging your head against the wall. But don't get stuck in religion. Man, I've been there. It's just awful. It's just dry. It's just no, it's, it's not abundant at all. There's an abundant life to be had. And I get, if you're stuck here, I'd love to talk to you, encourage you. Because it's available to all of us. It's to every single one of us. I don't care if you met Jesus yesterday. There's an abundant life that's available to all of us. Right, And it really is good news. It's great news. The, uh, moving on to Romans 16, 17, and 18. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves to sin, you became obedient from the heart so that that form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. So, that, I believe, ties into Galatians 5, 22 and 23, right? That the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. In such things, there is no law. The very first list, the first item in the list of the fruit of the Spirit is love. They all flow out of that, right? First John, it says God is love. Capital L, love dwells within you, right? When it says love God, love others. I think when we understand what God did for us, and then realize 
He not only was on the cross, but the day of Pentecost, he dwells within us. He's empowered us to love others too. This isn't just some this jealous God just for the sake of jealousy. He set those laws up that way so we would see the order of this, right? Put our eyes on him to realize this story is so much more than the cross. It's so much more than the cross. Don't get stuck there. Kirsten reminded me again this week, she had an idea years ago of, 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 a, of a necklace, not one of a cross, but one of an empty tomb. You think, I mean, that probably is more fitting of Christianity, an empty tomb. And that's where, again, is this fruit of the Spirit is what we have available to. We're the only ones in the world that have it. There's 8 billion people on the planet, plus or minus a billion. I don't know what the number is, but the only people that have access to the fruit of the Spirit are those who are in Christ. So if it's available, enjoy it. If you're not enjoying it, find others that can direct you to it. People that will help you keep your eyes on the invisible. Because the physical, it's just... It's just lacking. It is absolute cotton candy. You put it in your mouth, immediately it's gone. It is gone. The, uh, the next verse is on there, Romans 6, uh, 19 and 20. I'm speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. I want to follow up that verse <laughs> with the fruit of the flesh. Every, I think we talk about the fruit of the Spirit here often. But the fruit of the flesh are the verses that are actually right before the fruit of the Spirit. Right? Now, these of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, the envy and drunkenness, carousing, things like these, of which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the fruit of the flesh. That's what you get. That's what I get. And sometimes I still go there. Why am I ever surprised? Right? I've got the Whitman sampler. The candy box tells me what's inside that chocolate when I bite into it. When I bite into it, it's like, ah, it tastes like toothpaste. Right? Remember that white one grandma would have that was white on the inside? It was like, ah, this is awful. The box tells you what's in it. You know what's in it. You know what you're going to get when you walk by the flesh. Right? We know what we get. So, again, this is it. Right? You get all that. Nobody wants it. But that's the fruit of the, fruit of the flesh. So, we're free to live like chocolates and morons, but, I mean, that, that's what you get is in the fruit of the flesh. The next two verses... 21 and 22. Therefore, what benefit were you then deriving from things of which you are now ashamed? For the outcomes of those things is death. But now having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit resulting in sanctification and the outcome eternal life. You entered into eternal life the moment you accepted Christ. You don't get any more of God than you did at that moment. Right? You're in the eternal life. Isn't it amazing to think that 2,000 years later, as Paul was fighting this all those years ago, when, when everyone would object to him, like, are you saying I got license? Are you saying that I'm, I'm free? Are you saying that I'm free to sin? Are you saying that the, Jim, can you put up that, that picture of a, so I, maybe you've heard this analogy from me before. I was talking to Shannon about this the other day. Here's Walt Disney, right? This is, is you know, I think the opening of Disneyland. 
Just imagine if Walt Disney is your father. And he's saying, all right, here we go, kids. You've been adopted into the family. Welcome. Okay, before we go in, I want you to know you get to ride all the rides. The park is yours to enjoy. You can partake of everything. Any soda, ice cream, any everything. It is all yours. Can you imagine being the kid? So are you saying that I can eat from the trash cans? I'm sorry? Are you saying I can eat from any of the trash cans? It's like you missed the whole point. You missed the entire point. Paul's fighting this 2,000 years ago. We're still talking about this today. In Christianity, somehow we make this thing about not sinning. It's it's not about not sinning. It's about living. This thing's about living. I I don't know what each of your hobbies are. You know, maybe it's golf. Maybe it's tennis. Maybe it's cooking. Maybe it's whatever it is. You know that when you cook, mistakes are made. It happens. Cooking is not about not making mistakes. And some of the most incredible things have come out of mistakes in the kitchen, right? It's about cooking. You love it. You love getting in there, making things. You're like, it's like chemistry. I love watching cooking shows. I can't cook at all. But for some reason, I love watching cooking shows. But cooking is not about not making mistakes. Cooking is about cooking, about the time in the kitchen, the time together, the people that you're going to share this with, Right? Whatever your game is, whatever your hobby, it's not about not making mistakes. It's about enjoying it, right? Going into Disney World, it's about riding the rides and enjoying it with your friends. You know, you know, not about not eating out of the trash cans. It's not about that. How did we make Christianity into don't eat from the trash cans? How did we do that? It's been 2,000 years. I don't want to talk about sin management anymore. I want to live, and I want to surround myself with people I want to surround with people that want to encourage me, then help me live. And I'll encourage you to do the same. The uh, last verse there, this is like a classic Romans road. I used to carry around those Campus Crusade tracks and Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. When I was a, a product of Campus Crusade, and I love that ministry. My focus was very much about getting people out of hell into heaven. And my focus on this was really sin, right? And I still, I encourage people to make a decision to accept Christ. But I see so much more now in this verse, right? When it talks about the free gift of God is eternal life, People want that. They want the fruit that comes out of that. When you enter into eternal life, there's the fruit of the Spirit that comes out of that. The lost world wants that. And I was so just consumed with getting people to say the sinner's prayer that was in my track. Just say it verbatim. Oh, you missed a word. Can you mind, will you mind going back and saying, saying you missed, can you say it just like this, like it says here in the little track? And I still do. I, you know, I, I want people to come in. But I, I really, I see this verse differently now in one that it's not just about getting out of hell into heaven. Right? There's a state of being that you are in. You are in an eternal state of being. And that is great news. And what comes along with that are these incredible benefits. 
First of all, you have the fullness of God within you, which is, which is incredible. And I'll, I'll close with this. Jim, don't put this picture up yet, but the, uh, I want to I close with this story. It's about, a, um, it's about a man. It's about a man named Jed. He was a poor mountaineer. Uh, he could barely keep his family fed. And then one day he was out, you know, shooting at some food and up from the ground came some bubbling crude, right? So if you, Jim, if you put that, this is, right, we all remember this is the lead-in song the, uh, uh, to the Beverly Hillbillies, right? Jed Clampett, right? Granny, Jethro, Ellie Mae, right? So Jed was a poor mountaineer. And then one day he was out shooting at some food, right? And they, he got, this is from 1962, when the first episode of the Beverly Hillbillies came out. He got $25 million in 1962 from an oil company that wanted his land. And they up and moved the family to Beverly Hills. Here's something to think about. When did Jed become a millionaire? Was it when he got the money from the oil company? No. It's when he bought the land. He didn't know he was. He was a millionaire the moment he inherited that land or bought that land. He had it. It was underneath him the whole time. He just didn't know it was there. <coughs> you are partakers of the Holy Spirit. Dwells within you. If that's never come alive for you, let it come alive now and enjoy it. And... <laughs> Jed Clampett got $25 million in 1962. I can assure you of this. What you have right now within you is far more than Jed Clampett or King Solomon ever had. Far more. I would not trade places with King Solomon ever. Never, ever. He would love to be here right now in our place. He would absolutely love it. He had everything. He had riches. Right? Everybody had a job in Israel. The economy was booming. Right? <laughs> Blue, what'd you say this week? That, that the Apes and peacocks. It says that in the Bible. I didn't believe Blue when he told me on Wednesday. <laughs> what verse? It's in, is it in Kings? Where is it? Solomon was getting apes and peacocks. It says that in the Bible. I, I didn't know that one. The, uh, now I won't forget that one. But he would trade all his apes and peacocks, all the women, all the money to be in the spot that you're in right now. All that to say this, chase the invisible. Chase the invisible. Chase the spiritual. It's the best part of life. If love is the first item in the list of the fruit of the Spirit, it's all going to flow from that. And I can't stress this enough. Capital L love dwells within you. And that is incredible news. So I, I just my only hope is that you walk away from today just encouraged, not by the message, but be encouraged by who dwells within you. Let me close out with a prayer. The Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for all these people here all these faces, all these souls, the encouragement that they are to one another, all the various ministries that exist. I am so grateful for what you've done, what you're doing in their lives. 
the encouragement that they are to me, to my family, and um, wouldn't want to be anywhere else than that this in the year 2021 as a Christian and everything that comes along with it. We are so fortunate and we are so grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.